podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you, Timmy. Yep. So Daniel and I are recording Monday morning, Valentine's Day. There was a little event yesterday known as the Super Bowl. You might have watched it. Daniel, I'm not sure if you if you had any thoughts on the superb owl yesterday. It was in my uh, hometown, my current hometown of Los Angeles. So got lots and lots of traffic. Yeah, let me just say that there was not a whole lot of love in the air on that field yesterday. I obviously are going at it. Yeah, you like that one? You like that, that one? Was that a good was one. Good. I was I was proud of that one. <laughs> uh, I was I was hyped when when the players were were getting feisty when they were jawing at each other. It's the Super Bowl. I mean, you were fighting yeah. for the biggest thing in your career. So yeah, you should be invested in that way. And I, it's fun to see guys who don't trash talk trash talk. I think it was probably the, the funnest Super Bowl in terms of like being a good game in a few years. I think maybe yeah. since the the Atlanta, New England one in terms of just like being and the, the Eagles Patriots one was also really good. But in terms of being like a good game, this was probably the closest like good back and forth game in a while. I will say it was a so bit of a bummer. Of because, the, oh, yeah. The, I wanna, you said the Patriots Eagles and the Rams. I don't was it they ran the Philly special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was trying yeah. to remember who the running back was on the play. It, it doesn't really matter, but Cup was the one who threw it, I think. Cup was the one who threw it to Stafford. It definitely overthrew him. Um, and I just I just yelled out, Hey Tom Brady, does that look familiar? And I, yeah. I just immediately thought I, that play that was awesome. I will say I thought Stafford's looked worse than Brady's, but that's because the throw was bad too. So it just all yeah, it looked bad. Totally. Um but yeah, I think just to we are a 49ers podcast. I, there was a part of me that was a little a little bummed watching that game because that really felt yeah. like a game the 49ers could have won. What like watching that and just thinking like we were one dropped interception away from probably playing in that game and if we'd played in it I really really think we had a shot. So that's a bummer, yeah. but again, this this 49ers season that we're going to look back on in a minute was just such a fun ride. And I really, really, I know I said the dropped interception, but I just 49ers fans, if we're still out there blaming Tart for that, I think you got it. We got to move on. That was not, there were a lot of moments in that game, but it is tough knowing if we had managed to beat the Rams, which we were close to possibly doing. I, I just really think we could have beaten the Bengals, but great Super Bowl, a fun conclusion to the 2021-22 NFL season. And now we get to do a little, a little look back and a little look ahead and first up, the 49ers do have some breaking news because the football news cycle never stops. Daniel, I'm not sure if you want to talk about that. We're talking about the loss. Well, I shouldn't say the loss stuff. That sounds a little morbid. Uh, Mike McDaniel, our, off, our former offensive coordinator, yes. was hired away from us to be the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And he took our wide receivers coach, Wes Welker, with him. I think he took a couple other guys too, but Wes Welker was definitely the biggest name. I think he took our tight ends coach as well. Yeah, definitely the biggest name. Um, yeah, Wes Welker, so I believe he played for Miami, so going back home, I guess. Yeah. It's so funny to me when that happens. Like, I don't, I don't think I truly understand it. Like, I get it. It's Mike McDaniel's offense. 
he's the one running it. Well, I mean, it's really Kyle's, but he's off. Mike is the offensive coordinator, but it, it's just always funny to me. It's like, okay, the coordinator gets hired and he takes guys from our staff. Like I'm pretty sure yeah. who went with someone went with Robert Sala. Yeah. A couple defensive coaches did. Yeah. It's, it's just funny to me when it's like, okay, the coordinator's leaving and he's taking other guys with him to, I just, I'm like, I don't, that doesn't always make sense to me. I get they yeah. played under him. I like him. I think part of that is there's usually more room for advancement. If you go to another team, like maybe if you're the, the wide receivers coach, there's a shot to maybe be the offensive coordinator. Like you can, like you can move up sure. by, by changing teams. So I think that's part of it. And there's an opportunity to go build something. That's, that's probably pretty exciting. Go work with a, a young Absolutely. quarterback in Tua. Um, so yeah, all the congratulations in the world to Mike McDaniel. We wish him the best. I was telling Daniel earlier, both of our, our defensive coordinator, uh, D'Amico Ryans and then Mike, Mike McDaniel, our offensive coordinator, were both in the head coaching cycle this year, both getting interviews. And I was telling Daniel, I, I really expected to lose Ryans. I thought Ryans was the one who was going to get a job. Not that McDaniel didn't deserve it, but I thought we had one more year with McDaniel. But what Ryans had done with that defense, especially over the end of the season and into the playoffs, I thought was one of the best coaching jobs I'd ever seen in terms of what he had those guys out there in the field doing. So I'm so, so glad we have him for another year. And if I can't imagine we get him for more than next season before he goes off to be a head coach, but I really thought it was going to be the other way around. So I'm, I'm excited for us that we get to keep, keep Ryan's. And that kind of leads into my other thought, which is I'm not, I am bummed. We're losing Mike McDaniel. He's obviously a big part of this team. Wes Welker as well. Debo Samuel has talked about how important Wes Welker was to his personal development. But yeah. what I keep coming back to is, is something you said, Daniel, this is Kyle Shanahan's offense. Like, yes, we're losing our offensive coordinator, but unlike a lot of teams, Mike McDaniel is not the play caller. He's not the primary offensive mind here. A lot of other teams have a head coach who kind of just leads everything. And then the offensive coordinator calls the plays, builds the offense, like the Buffalo bills. Brian Dable is now the New York giants head coach. He was their play caller. He was everything yeah. on their offensive side of the ball and they have to rebuild all of that. The 49ers do not have to do that. Yes. Yes, Mike McDaniel was a big piece of what they're doing, but Kyle Shanahan is and was the play caller, is and was the main offensive mind. And so because of that, I think that'll make that loss a lot easier to bridge than we think at first. I mean, if you remember for the first couple big noticeable difference. Yeah. And for the first couple of years under Shanahan, we didn't even have an official offensive coordinator. I actually think this past yeah. season was the first year the 49ers had an offensive coordinator. It was Mike LaFleur is the passing game coordinator. And then Mike McDaniel as the running game coordinator and no one was the offensive coordinator until this year when McDaniel was promoted into that role. And so because of that, I think that Kyle Shanahan's influence and the fact that he's really the core offensive mind is going to make this loss. Not as bad as we, as we might fear. Was that situation with the passing game coordinator and the running game coordinator? Was that really weird to you? No, I, I don't know. I think most teams do name an offensive coordinator, but we all know that Kyle Shanahan is the offensive play caller. And a lot of people, a lot of things I was reading were like, I think this is literally just so to try to get like an extra year with these guys. Like, think about it. The second we name Mike McDaniel offensive coordinator, he suddenly gets all this attention out of nowhere. He has way more media availability, all these things and winds up getting a head coaching job, which credit to him. But I kind of think part of it was trying to keep these coaches that Kyle really valued 
on his staff a little longer. Honestly, it wouldn't shock me if we don't name an offensive coordinator this year either, if we just promote somebody else into that passing game coordinator role. So, so we'll see, but, but all of that is to say that yes, it's a huge loss and it will, it will show on the field. How could it not, but it's not, it's not like a team that is now going to have to completely rebuild their offensive philosophy around a new offensive coordinator because we have that and we have that play caller. And so that that's really big. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is Kyle's offense and we're all just pawns in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I say we're all just living in it. And yeah, kind of, and this is not, it's not a dig on Mike McDaniel, but I think it, it definitely, it's just surprising to me. You know, I, I, I think that having one year as an offensive coordinator in a great offense, doing a great job and getting a, a head coaching job elsewhere, like I'm, I'm stoked for him. Good for you. But I think it does raise some concern where I'm like, okay, how much of this offense was, was truly you and your coaching ability and how much of it was you just filling into what Kyle's brainchild was, you know? So yeah, Again, I think we wasn't just, the best luck, but I, I, I definitely have yeah. some like caution there, I guess. We've just we've seen how good the Shanahan coaching tree is. If you want to count Sean McVay as part of that, I think you can count Matt LaFleur as part of it. Zach Taylor. So both Super Bowls in the head in the both head coaches in this year's Super Bowl come out of this coaching tree. And so it's proven that it's worked. I think now like six of the offensive play callers in the NFL, if not more, have come out of this this Shanahan McVay coaching tree that kind of dated back to the, the Washington football team, Washington commanders now back, back when Mike Shanahan was there. And so there's been a track record of success with these guys. And McDaniel is someone who he seems he's got a great rapport with the media. It seems like he knows how to command a locker room. The players love him and to bring in an offensive mind to work with Tua in really what is probably the last, if you don't get Tua tongue of Iloa. Yes. I just said that. Cause I'm pretty sure I know how to pronounce it and I'm proud of it. Um, nice. if you don't get to a consistent offensive mind now going into his third season, I don't know if you can, if, if you can bank on him having a promising NFL career. And I, I think he does have a lot of talent. And so I think getting that offensive head coach in there makes who's shown promise and shown that he can build rapport with young guys. I think that makes a lot of sense. So I'm, I'm optimistic for what can come out of Miami with, with McDaniel there. Yeah. All right. Should, Oh, sorry. Hey, I was going to say, should gonna... we, we now might want to take a second to look back on this 49ers offensive season. Do you mean by doing so with some awards? Yes. It's time for the first annual. Maybe I'll put some music in here. The first annual postseason 49ers unrestricted awards the most coveted awards in pro football. We will be sending a trophy to these guys. That's not true. We will not. But anyone who wins one of these awards, 49ers players, if you contact me on Twitter, I will get you a trophy. That is my, you have my word. If you contact me on Twitter and come on the show and give an acceptance speech, you will get a trophy in the mail. So there we go. I have spoken. I have spoken. First 49ers unrestricted postseason awards are here. And I think Daniel and I might have different picks for some of them, but let's let's start off with one award, an award you may have heard of. We're going to give out the 2021 49ers most valuable player. Daniel, I think we agree on this one. If not, this will be pretty awkward because this is a no-brainer. Yeah. 
We have, well, I have winning the MVP award for the Niners in the 2021 season as Debo Samuel. Yep, I agree. That one took about two seconds of thought. Debo Samuel, the man who does everything, the starting wide back for the 49ers. We always knew Debo was an incredibly talented receiver and an incredibly talented football player. This was the year he became a superstar. We saw him do everything. We saw him line up out of the backfield. We saw him deliver time and time again from the receiver position. I think I'm stealing this from uh, Ben Solak from The Ringer. I, th- I think it was Ben Solak. But what he he said in maybe a piece or on a podcast, he was like, most of these receivers who do kind of these gadget play kind of things who line up in the backfield are just gadget players. What makes Debo Samuel so special is that if you didn't do the runs, he would still be one of the best receivers in the NFL. So Debo Samuel was the 49ers offense this season. I think nothing shows that better went on than went on third and seven in the playoffs and we needed to convert. We handed off to Debo Samuel. Hands down, most valuable player, Debo. Daniel, any other thoughts on Debo? Uh, I like what you said about he's not just this utility guy you know i'm, I'm gonna pick on cordero patterson because i think the, he's kind of a, a similar he's no, definitely I, a similar I think this is a very style. valid comparison but so uh back, the background on cordero patterson he is i believe now a free agent he was on the falcons this last year he's he's been around he was drafted as a wide receiver incredibly fast great runner um not the best of hands then primarily was a kick returner and is kind of like the next best kick returner since Devin hester is what it seems like he's gone on a lot of touchdown runs and then the Atlanta Falcons, who had Mike Davis as their starting running back to start the year, then started lining up Cordero Patterson, who's a big dude. And I mean, he's like Derrick Henry size in terms of height, probably yeah. not as not not probably definitely not as as buff and rhino ish as as Derrick Henry is. But we kind of saw it with Cordero Patterson almost first. But I think we were we were starting to see it with Debo as well. But Patterson had a few weeks where he exploded in this, in this way, but this is kind of what he can do is he's not the greatest wide receiver. He can be a good kick returner. He can be a good runner um, in the backfield. That's the difference. He's limited. Debo is not Debo is a true wide wide receiver receiver one for an NFL team. Absolutely. He is a true wide receiver one. He's got the routes. He's got the great hands, but he can also be a a running back. One is what we've seen for He's a wide back. And when we needed it, we put him back there to receive punts. Like, again, he can do it all. Same thing as Patterson, but Patterson has a ceiling in his his limitations with how good of a wide receiver he actually is. Debo's the opposite, where that's yeah. st- as good of a running back as he was for us in those times. I still think he's an even better wide receiver. So that's yeah. the beauty of it. I agree. 2021, 2022, 49ers, MVP is Debo Samuel. Debo, congratulations on winning this most coveted of NFL awards. Next, we have, are we going into, let's go to comeback player next. Yeah, let's do it. That is also relatively obvious. Another consensus. Do you mean the man who should have been the NFL's comeback player of the year? I don't actually know if he should have been, but he definitely should have been a gotten. He should have at least gotten one vote, man. He probably should have been. I think he should have been the second. I think he should have been the runner up. I think it's pretty hard. Listeners, we're talking about none other than Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. Coming back from a just obliterated knee last offseason, last season, and rehabbing all offseason, ready to go at the start of the season, um, had an awesome season, was not far behind TJ Watt for sacks for the majority of the year. 
um, Micah Parsons was getting a lot more credit than, than Bosa was in, in my humble opinion. Um, Dak was another Dak Prescott was another guy talked about comeback player of the year. Yeah. Um, but Joe Burrow won it and we get it. Um, people say that the, uh, playoffs do not influence the awards. I do not believe that is true. And I mean, we know quarterbacks are favored in all these big awards, MVP comeback player in every year, way possible, of, of course. But yeah, so Bosa is absolutely comeback player of the year for us. We would have loved to see him get some more respect from the NFL, but he's absolutely our comeback player of the year. I mean, when you're a guy coming off a major injury and you're a legitimate contender for defensive player of the year, I think that that pretty much cements it as Nick Bosa is the comeback player of the year. We can double this up with defensive player of the year too. I don't know if we're going to give out that award, but Nick Bosa definitely won that for the 49ers as well. The, the future is bright when you have a true, true star at the edge rusher position in the NFL and the 49ers have that in Bosa and to, to come off of the major knee injury he had and, and play at a, at the same, or if not better level that he, that he was at in his rookie year, the future is really, really bright for Bosa. And I, I think winning a def- an NFL defensive player of the year is, is in his future for sure. Moving on to rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Another, I think another pretty easy one. Honestly, I mean, like obviously Debo's the MVP and obviously yeah. Bosa is going to be the comeback player of the year. But like this to me seems like the most obvious because yeah. of the way that he stepped up. And when you set a record, stats. when you set a rookie record for the San Francisco 49ers, I think you've pretty much locked up the rookie of the year award. And, and that it's not goes just to record. It's the, it's the rookie rushing yeah. record. So yeah. When you rush for the most yards by a rookie in the history of the San Francisco 49ers and you are injured for a ton of games, that is why say it with me. Listeners, Elijah Mitchell Elijah running Mitchell. back for the 49ers wins rookie of the year. What a season for Elijah Mitchell sixth round draft pick. We're talking on him before the season saying, hey, guys, like, I think he might be better than people think. Like, he's going to be Raheem Mostert's backup. Like, he's going to be fast. Like, maybe we'll see him in sometimes. Turns out to be the only running back on this team that can produce this year after Mostert goes down. And I don't really think that's hyperbole. In terms of rushing, no one else could really produce at all unless you want to count Debo. What Elijah Mitchell did for this team was extraordinary. And we talk about how good Kyle Shanahan's scheme is at producing rushing yards, but we learned this season that, that it can't, we always, I always kind of thought you could just put anybody in there. Not obviously not anybody, but any competent running back in there and have them produce. And we saw that that was not the case this year. So what, what Elijah Mitchell did saved this 49ers season, honestly, I think. So rookie of the year to Elijah Mitchell was, was an easy choice. And the, the future is bright with him. And we'll talk a lot this offseason about whether or not Raheem Mostert is coming back to this team. But if he's not, that's because Elijah Mitchell showed that he, he can do it all and is on a rookie contract. So rookie of the year, Elijah Mitchell, I don't know what else can he, can be said. He set the rookie rushing yards record for the 49ers and he missed multiple games. Like that's all you need to know. Right? Seriously. And that's the funniest part is we just throw in. Yeah. And he missed multiple games. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see uh, another year of him. You know, our our running backs every single year seems to to be a little rotating to have some question marks. But you've got to feel like this is the year where there's not a lot of movement. There's not a lot of question marks where we've got two rookies, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, and 
I believe, yeah, Jamichael Hasty, I believe, is still under contract. Um, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson are free agents. So curious to see if one, I do not believe both would be coming back on any kind of small deal. Like both just seem silly. Um, yeah. But you've got to believe that Elijah Mitchell is going to be the RB1 by far next year, yeah. right? So, I mean, unless, if unless Mostert comes back. Yeah. I, I mean, even if, even if Mostert does, I'm curious to see that snap count and that that split time and, and see who yeah because Mostert never got a full workload to, to totally kinda... granted he didn't need it we've talked about that for so many times that he could get his yardage and touchdowns done with 12 attempts and, and, and I think Elijah that Mitchell is the 27 attempts plenty of times I think that is the difference Elijah Mitchell's a great running back he's fast but he doesn't he's really really fast don't get me wrong but he doesn't necessarily have that same game-breaking speed that Raheem Mostert has, and the ability to just set, get to the edge and set that edge on any, hit that edge on anybody. I, I think Mitchell is the future of the 49ers, the running back position. But I do think that if the team were to pay Mostert, he would be a, a big piece of the offense just because of that speed. And I think that is important. Yeah. So that that is one of the biggest things to look uh, look forward to. Our last award is this most is the only improved. one Daniel and I disagreed on. I'll, I'll well, put that out there. Easy to see when, when, when the guys who win the other awards, easy to see why. So Timmy, who did you have for most improved? Yeah, this is kind of an interesting one for me. I think most of the time when you talk most improved, people think of like season to season improvement. But my, my thought process for this one is, is actually improvement throughout the course of this season. And I want to give this award to Ambry Thomas, rookie cornerback for the 49ers. And I'll just sum it up real quick. Ambry Thomas, over the course of the season, went from a guy who was a healthy scratch to by the end of this season, I was like really scared and disappointed that we weren't able to have Ambry Thomas playing in the playoff game against the Packers. I was like, shoot, we don't have Ambry Thomas. And to go from healthy scratch this guy's a bust at third round pick, which I think is something I said on this show at one point. Absolutely. Yeah. To, yeah. To I'm upset that this guy isn't playing in a playoff game and sum that all up with, he probably had the play of the 49ers season with that game winning interception on Stafford in the week 18 overtime win at the Rams. I think Amber champion Stafford, super, super bowl champion, Matthew Stafford. I think the fact that Ambry Thomas was able to just go, yeah, go from a guy who, was just not heard of at all to a guy who was a core part of this 49ers secondary was a huge amount of level of improvement. So, so for that, I give, I, I want to give most improved to Ambry Thomas, but Daniel, I know, I, I know you have a pick too, and I thought it was a good one. Yeah. Cause I, I definitely went, you know, the way you framed it is kind of how my, my brain worked is, um, is that uh, season to season. That was kind of how more I saw it was, okay, most improved from last season to this season. And part of that was due to some injury because my guy is linebacker Aziz Alshire. I had for most improved being our third linebacker uh, this last year behind Fred Warner, behind Dre Greenlaw. And just the ways that he stepped up when he was needed in, in different roles and he was lead tackler in, in multiple games. Um, he had some huge stops and big plays. And for just talking about a, a defense that has depth, we absolutely had it in D-line, in linebacker positions. Um, but I think he just so outplayed expectations, just like Elijah Mitchell. But you know, part of that is 
injury brings opportunity for them. But, yeah. you know, just because there's injuries like cornerbacks, we had injuries to Jason Verrett. So our rookies get to step up. And they didn't immediately, right? You know, uh, DeAndre Lenore had like a flash or two, but, you know, wasn't yeah. wasn't amazing. And then same thing with Thomas, like wasn't amazing at the start, had little flashes and got better and better. But I felt like Aziz, right as he got his opportunity, yeah. man, he he was lights out right away. Um, totally. And so that that to me... That to me deserved most improved for him. Yeah, I think what sums it up in my mind is we had a legitimate conversation on this show of whether or not Aziz Al Shire or Dre Greenlaw should play when Dre Greenlaw came back from injury. And yeah. the fact that that was a conversation that like neither of us really knew what was the right choice, I think that clearly shows how improved Al Shire was. And he definitely falls into the, I think, the more traditional thing you think of of most improved, where you just go from you go from like one season to another, just playing at a different level. Al Shire totally fits that. And I'm excited to see how he plays into the 49ers. Really, really talented linebacker core going forward. Seriously. Um, and yeah, you, what your point is absolutely what I think matters most is like when a guy steps in for someone, when they get injured and they make it difficult to figure out if the guy who was ahead of you should be taking his spot back or if you should keep yeah. it. Like you can't even ask for that. That's that's above and beyond. So, yeah. um, as you said, going forward, I want us to you know we've looked back on some of the the superlatives of this last season. Um, I've said on the show that I love the off season. I love the speculation yeah, and, and the great. planning that goes into. This is my my general manager mind comes out in this moment. Like, okay, what would I do here? So, I'm sure because we're just doing every two weeks in the off season. I'm sure we're gonna have plenty to talk about. Uh, the next episode in, you know, there could be a Jimmy Garoppolo trade in the next two weeks before the pro bowl. We were seeing a lot of reports where, you know, Jimmy has said he's been very open with, yeah, I, I think my time in yeah. SF is done and they're looking for a trade partner. And yeah, I've I seen that's lots the of biggest thing to keep an eye on right now. Totally. I think that'll be one of the first moves that happens. And part of that is because listeners, if you don't know, the best free agent quarterbacks are Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater. And so these yeah, are Kirk two. Cousins. Oh, no, Kirk Cousins is still under contract, I think. Still under contract. I believe he's a restricted free agent. So yeah. he they can offer him a contract. So he'll be the best for sure, but I don't oh, see yeah. him being also, available. I just want to say, Daniel and I talked about a little of this before the show. There's a bunch of buzz. You might be wondering why we haven't mentioned all the buzz going around on Twitter about Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady to the pack to the 49ers. It's because we're we completely discounting it. those as dumb rumors that aren't going to happen. So we don't really want to spend any time on it, but that's our thoughts. We think that there's pretty, pretty low chances. Either of those happens. If anything comes out from a legitimate source, something might be happening. We will discuss it on the show, but it, it, it sounds super unlikely and pretty out there for me. So I don't, I don't think yeah. anything's going to happen there. I wanted to acknowledge it. So, and as well, this draft class is not the most highly thought of for quarterbacks. So quarterbacks is, is kind of very, very, very hard to find a stellar one right now in any free agent draft. Yeah. And there's not a lot of quarterbacks available for trade. You know, the classic rumors of Rogers and Wilson being unhappy and, you know, we've, we've seen those. So if it happens, it happens, but I'm not yeah. I don't, kind of what saying is I don't believe it until it happens. So Jimmy's stock could be going up because there's not a lot, but who knows? So we'll be watching and monitoring his situation and maybe what, 
what happens there. We're pretty positive that he is going to be traded this offseason with how open yeah. he's been. It kind of seems like a no-brainer. It so, seems like he's he's gone. But what I want us to do is we've we've reflected. Let's look ahead. Where are we at? You know, as Timmy said earlier, it was hard yesterday watching the Rams and the Bengals, and we're thinking hey, we could the Niners could have competed big time right here. We probably could have beat the Bengals. We've definitely beat the Rams and we just barely lost. So we know that this is not something that this is not uncharted territory for us. We could have been yeah. there and that's hard, but we're moving on. And yeah. in the next two weeks, we'll talk, we'll, we'll give some of the, the contracted details, but our stars, all of them are contracted for a number of years. Um, there's yeah. talks about a Debo Samuel extension coming. You can only believe that that is going to be one of the top priorities this off season. Um, so we've got Debo there, obviously Trey Lance, a lot of, lot of potential there. He just drafted. So he's there. Um, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, Trent Williams. A lot of these star guys are under contract for a number of years. Now, a lot of the B and C team guys are free agents. Um, and we talked about that. We went through a list. Um, Lake and Tomlinson to me is the biggest one. And I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they didn't resign him. He was an awesome starting left guard and um, good buddies with Trent Williams. So I see him fitting right back in, but yeah, we're going to look think, at. I think Tomlinson gets resigned most likely. Yeah. What we're going to look at in, in two weeks from now, we'll talk about some of the biggest areas of need for for some some depth yeah. and some help and they're they're kind of obvious you don't necessarily need us to to debrief them a whole lot but we will in, in good depth we'll talk about some some free agent signings that may have already happened or some some things that team and i would like to see happen yeah um obviously a jimmy garoppolo update but what i want us to walk away with is we are in a good spot yeah a lot of a lot of guys uh like the rams who just won the super bowl odell beckham jr and I believe Von Miller as well. Free agents, big part yeah. of their team. Free agents this year. Gosh, Von Miller on the 49ers. Oh my gosh. Did you see the report about it was a bleacher bleacher report? So take it lightly. But someone was saying if the Rams won, Aaron Donald could retire. He might retire. Sean McVay might retire. There's legitimate just, buzz that Sean McVay might retire and go do Monday night football. Really? He's 36. I know, but he's getting married this offseason and he gave an inner it and I've I thought I was discounting it. And then I heard a podcast today where somebody was like, oh yeah, no, that's been rum rumored about all season that he might go do TV, maybe do it for five years and then go back to, to head coaching. But I mean, John Madden retired at like 41 right after winning yeah. the Super Bowl. Like I, I saw a report. I that don't coming give back, it much but credence, it's but it sounds like it was much more likely than I originally thought. But yeah, I mean, sky is the limit for the 49ers going forward. We have, I think I've said this before, but I want to say it again because it's it's so fun. The 49ers have the best left tackle in the NFL, the best tight end in the NFL, the best pure offensive playmaker in the NFL in Debo Samuel. I think the best edge rusher in the NFL, but certainly a top three edge rusher in the NFL and a rookie quarterback with a sky is the limit kind of ceiling and one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. This this team has, we have so much to look forward to next year in this off season. And I just, it is a really, really good time to be a 49ers fan. So thank you for listening to 49ers unrestricted. Uh, Daniel and I will be back, back in two weeks. 
Daniel, I'm not sure if you have anything else you want to cover before we, before we wrap up today. I just can't, I've already said it, but I just can't stress enough how much I love the off season. I love so looking fun. ahead at, it is just looking ahead at what could be, um, you know, the, the speculation we've talked for, for months and months about Jimmy being traded. So I'm excited to see movement happen there so we can, you know, whether it's, whether for some reason he stays, we're, we're expecting he goes, but I just want to be able to look ahead and, and kind of in my own head plan what we think is going to happen. And, you know, you and I, I just came across my sheet the other day is we predicted stats for this last season. And that entire stat sheet that we did was blown up because of injury. And we did not expect Debo to also be a running back. So you can only yeah. do so much predicting, of course, but it's just fun to see the moves that that we're going to make when we're when you know that you're a franchise or you're a fan of a franchise. I mean, that does good things like the offseason is probably horrible for the Jets or the Giants. And you're like, oh, this is probably a good. idea. Oh, they didn't do that. Or, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure has hated the offseason for years where he's like, OK, it's time for a risk. Oh, no receiver for me. I mean, I have Devontae Adams, but that's it. Like. We're not going to do anything else. Like the Niners do good things is why I get excited and we like where they're going. So this is a smart team. Absolutely. We love you, Kyle. Yeah. All right. Thanks again for tuning in to 49ers. Stay safe out there. everybody.